0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us.
1: Here's Pastor Mike. Welcome to Calvary Chapel. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 8, a message titled, This Little Light of Mine. Verse 16, he says, No one, when he has lit a lamp... Covers it with a vessel, or puts it under a bed, but he sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. And this is pretty obvious. I mean, if you've ever lit a candle, you know, trying to light up a room, you don't put it on the floor, right? Because it doesn't really cast, you know, light across the room. You put it up as high as you can on a shelf or on on a lampstand, as he says here. You put it on so that it will fill the room with light, do you realize that one single candle, the, the light from one single candle in pitch black can be seen from 17 miles away? If there's no other light to pollute the light in the, of that candle, from 17 miles away you can see the light of a single candle. The light shines brightest in the darkest places, doesn't it? And so we set, up, we set it up high, and it's essential to be able to see, to be able to see the light. Every year, we, we do have this tradition where this time of year we load all the kids into the car with hot chocolate and whatever cookies, Christmas cookies that we have. And we, we, you know, everybody's getting ready to get loaded up on sugar and hot chocolate and we go around and we look at the lights. Uh, Right down here, just down Haw Creek, there's a guy who has a a setup where you can push a button and whatever song you want to play. And then all the lights dance and whatever to the Star Wars or Oh Holy Night or whatever. It's pretty cool. And so you sit out there and you, you know, sit while they do a few songs and stuff. And it's just kind of fun to go around and see the lights there's a guy down here used to do a candy cane lane and you would like go through his whole property and there would be all kinds of lights and fun things and hot cocoa there so we run out we can go there and we get refills and i just it was just really cool but then something happened something i didn't anticipate We, we went and bought a fbi vehicle is what it looks like anyway it's a yukon xl with black tinted windows looks like you know something from the fbi and we load everybody up in because we have a bigger family. So we had to put them all in there and a, a seat for everybody. And We load them all in and we go out to look at lights. And the kids are like, we can't see. <laughs> the tent was so dark on that car. And I know because when I look out the back window, I can't see a thing. I have to look at the little camera. It has a little camera thing. I can't see a thing backing up with that thing. And, and so they, we can't see. And so it ended up becoming this weird thing where they're like rolling down the windows in frigid cold. And everybody in the back, back that doesn't have windows that roll down, they're like leaning forward or climbing out of their seats into the middle seat and it's all cold and it's chaotic and we're trying to watch lights and this isn't fun anymore. (laughs) Just eat your cookies and drink your hot chocolate and be satisfied. You don't need to see, you know. (laughs) No, no, that's not going to fly, is it? And yeah, I think that that's uh, the experience of a lot of Christians. We come and, and we enjoy the trappings of Christianity, but we never see the light. We never really let ourselves be exposed to the light. Again, verse 16 says, No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but he sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. And so in this second parable, Jesus gives us, he gave us the tools to decode the parables in the first parable, didn't he? If you don't understand this parable, how will you understand all parables? And we get the idea of expositional constancy, where when there's something in the scripture that gives a type or a metaphor, it's used consistently, Old Testament and New Testament, as that same thing. And so we see that here. And what do we see and what do we understand a lamp to be when it's used metaphorically or in a parable like this? What do we understand the lamp to be? Do Anybody know? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Yeah, so it is, it's the word. It's the same thing as the seed. It's the same thing that he talked about in the first parable. Remember this, if you understand this parable, you understand all parables. And so we see this light being the same, this lamp and this light being the same thing. Light also refers to Jesus. You know, they come in to see the light. What are they seeing? Now, of course, last time we talked about, you know, that the seed is the word, which is the logos. And so I brought you to verse, John chapter 1. You know, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And so the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1.1 1, 1 and John 1.14. But also in John 1, verse 6 through 12, it says this. There was a man sent from God, and this is speaking of John the Baptist, whose name was John, this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. And so he's talking about Jesus, of course, Jesus being the light. The seed was the word, or the seed was Jesus. We see that in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. The seed would crush the head of the serpent. Jesus is the seed. He is the word. He is the, the one he talked about in the first parable. And so too, this light is the one he's talking about in this parable. But here it tells us that he's a light that shines into every man coming into the world. The light of Christ, doesn't matter where you live or where you were born, even if you were born in, in a remote place where the name of Jesus is never spoken, this light, this illumination, this conviction of sin, or whatever it is in that context, shines into every single person who comes into the world. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But then he says, verse 10, he, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. And so he, he comes, he shines into light into a, in a world that doesn't know him. He shines his light into every person who comes into the world. But then he comes to his own people, the people that should know him. The Jewish people who were waiting at the, the promise of the Messiah to come. And they, they didn't receive him. But notice this verse 12. Here's the good news. But as many as received him... To them, he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. And so, he comes into the world, he shines his light into every person, the world doesn't know him, but he reveals himself to them, and as many as would say yes to that light, yes to that knowledge of of God, he would give them the right, the privilege, to be called the children of God. Now, I, I, I realize as we look at this, it kind of goes against the idea of election, you know, that God picked people from the foundation of the world, and there are certainly verses that talk about that as well. And so, you know, how do we reconcile this with this idea that God picks people from the foundation of the world, as we see in Ephesians chapter 1 and other places in the scripture? How, how do we reconcile God picking us from the foundation of the world and us having the, the responsibility to receive him well it's it's quite it's quite simple as as much as it's quite complicated but on one side it's God who sees from beginning to end God he inhabits eternity he knows those who are his but on your side it is absolutely upon you to make a choice and you are responsible for the choices that you make Because from your perspective, not seeing beginning to end, you make a choice every day whether or not you're going to follow Jesus or not follow Jesus. Whether you're going to do what God's telling you to do or not do what God's telling you to do. And you are absolutely responsible for that. He's the light that shines into every man that comes into the world, and it's your responsibility to receive the light. And it's your responsibility to obey. It's amazing when you think about it light coming into the world into a dark world think about Rome first century we, we look at our society and we look at our you know we look at our constitution and we're like oh no they're trying to destroy the constitution or, or whatever and we see our, our country maybe going in a direction that we were not anticipating and we're thinking I used to live in America and, and you know and these things trouble us and yet when you look at Rome in the first century it was much darker than our country is today I mean, we're talking about aberrant sexual behavior. We're talking about all kinds of things that were, that were legal and permitted. If you were a Roman citizen, if you were part of the Senate, or you were part of the toga party, they had this party, you had togas, you were part of a certain class, and you, you, you literally could sleep with anybody who was of a lower party than you, whether they were the same sex of you or not. It was, it was absolutely permitted, and it was absolutely acceptable within that society and in that culture. It was disgusting, the things that they believed and the things that they did and the way that they treated their citizens, or the way that they treated people who weren't citizens. And, and it was just, it was an awful, awful place to live in an awful, awful dark world that, that Jesus was born into. Dangerous in many ways to people, especially people of faith. And, and yet when you think about Jesus coming into the world, you know, I don't think that there, anybody has, has ever depicted it quite as well as, you know, we went on Friday night with the staff first half party to the chosen movie anybody see that yet it's, it's kind of a movie but it's more of an episode but there's some cool stuff there it was, it was really good I, I I liked it but what was what was one thing that they did that really well was they depicted the darkness of the situation that Mary and Joseph were in
0: thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes if you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety